Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to Ruthie. I've been meaning to listen to Ruthie. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Talk about it. Welcome to I've Been Mean to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Stanley Philippe. S to the Enly is here. <laughs> yes. Yup, your boy. And <laughs> our guest is <laughs> like chill to chill to his gourd over here. Um, but yeah, like we um we have a fourth time guest guy here. Yeah, it's crazy. You're about to reach the five timers club next uh, time you visit. You know, this guy is really awesome. He's the co-host of Culture Kings. You also might know him from Comedy Bang Bang, The Daily Zeitgeist, all these other shows. It's Jaquise Neal, everybody. He's Yay. back again. Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? How we doing? How we doing? Yeah, good. I'm going. I'm going to need. A, I'm going to need a five times robe. You know, like <laughs> Steve Martin will be there, just like you know? this hilarious yeah. cold open. The Rock. <laughs> I want The Rock to put it on me like they put on the Masters jackets. <laughs> Justin Timberlake is there. I love it. <laughs> like um, all men. I want all men. Tina. Tina Faye. Tina Faye did it once. Like. Five times. Does she does she count though? Does she count as a five? I mean, she does count as a five timer, but I feel like that's sad that she's a five timer because she literally was like the head that's writer true. of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like that's the only woman y'all could give that mm-hmm. honor to is <laughs> Tina Fey, somebody who works there. Um, but <laughs> we're there. Yeah. So this episode is our women women in comedy episode. Just kidding. <laughs> like this is our <laughs> no. Uh, before we get into Jay-Z, we're, we should talk a quick, very briefly about the other Jay-Z, the Jay Mraz of it all. You met him. You met Jason Mraz. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I met, I, I met Jason. Um, so I, I do shit at this place called UCB Theater uh, in Los Angeles. I hadn't, and UCB had just reopened for the first time since the pandemic last end of September. Uh, so I hadn't been back at UCB in almost three, you know, two and a half years or so. Uh, and somebody had a show that he was going to do. And I was like, man, I got juice. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to UCB to meet him. And I just went right backstage and like got to meet him, which was dope as shit. Uh, super nice guy. Got to see him sing a few songs. He performed like he did a little improv scene. Um, and then I just went to his concert in Santa Barbara. Me and a few other people came, like, specifically. We didn't give a shit about the show. Uh, we j- I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I, we did. We, the show was great. The show was fantastic. Uh, Philip Labies puts on the show, um, and it was a fantastic show. So we gave a shit about the <laughs> You're show. You're backtracking so quickly. <laughs> but we, we came, we came... We gave a sh- we gave even more of a shit about the show because Jason Mraz. So when you saw him two weeks ago, did you kind of say hi to him again? Were you like, "Hey, you remember me?" 
No, I did. I I just went to his concert. Um, so I didn't get a chance to actually. Yeah, I I didn't actually get a chance to see him. I was just there in Santa Barbara. It was dope. But no, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. But if I ever did see him again, like I have like these little connections to him now. So like, you know, if I ever see him again, hopefully, if and he remembers me, it'll be pretty dope. But also. I, who cares <laughs> <laughs> like he might he might remember he might not yeah, yeah. you know he he gives the vibes off like he would recognize someone mm-hmm. uh, he gives the vibes off like he would recognize someone <laughs> yeah no you're right he totally does <laughs> you know how people you know how people you know how people 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 do like oh shit no nah, i don't remember but he gives the vibes like like Oh, I never forget a face. So I never forget, like you know, like like he ran up to you before you were up to him. You know, he'd be like, "Hey, hey buddy. He's like, I, I saw you like six months ago. How you been? How's your family? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how you doing? How you, I mean, maybe, maybe you know. Uh, he gives off the not these are not the same type of people, but he gives off like a very Tom Cruiseian. Mm. Like you know how Tom, you've heard everybody's heard that story. Like when Tom Cruise meets meets a person, he like says your name like over and over and over so he can remember it and shit like that and and like remember who you are and remember your face and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh like he he feels very much like that. Yes. Yes. That's cool, Jaquees. Anyways, Jaquees. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you remember. Anyways, we're having J- <laughs> we'll we'll have Jason on next week to talk about Hoopastank. Um but yeah, like uh <laughs> we're here to talk about but we're here today, this week, Jaquees and Stanley yes. to talk about uh Jay-Z, the blueprints. The the rock is in the building. Oh ho. So yeah, we're talking about Jay-Z, the blueprint. We've haven't talked about him like actively like the four years of this show this is our first time talking about him we were going to do reasonable we were we were going to do reasonable doubt um but uh jakees messaged me and said hey i reasonably doubt that this episode will be as like exciting that if we do the blueprints um your words not mine i wouldn't i wouldn't say something that <laughs> yeah. weird yeah my words, my words. here's the thing i love i love reasonable doubt i think it's a t- it, it is obviously a classic album um it's not my favorite of his albums um just because his catalog is pretty deep especially that era of his catalog he was dropping albums every fucking year um up until he retired the first time um so it's two things. One, like artists weren't that prolific even then. Like people weren't dropping albums every year even then. Uh, but now, you know, you get some hip hop artists who drop surprise albums or literally drop like one album every like four or five years, like Kendrick or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Uh, to think like Jay was dropping a full album every year from 96 to 2003 which was his original run that's only seven Mm -hmm. years like i think we've gone seven years it feels like in between two kendrick albums like and that dude dropped like a whole career's worth of like albums (laughs) in seven years and was like i'm retiring like that's insane to me (laughs) that's so crazy it's so wild but anyway uh in that whole stretch like he has some he has some classic albums where i would put like reasonable doubt maybe like three or four. I go Blueprint, Black Album, and then it's a toss-up between Reasonable Doubt and Volume 3. Can I just, can I just say, I'm, 
I'm exactly the same. So I flip the Black Album and the Blueprint like literally every day. And the Blueprint. That's but Reasonable Doubt is always my number three of that era. Mm-hmm. So I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah. Reasonable Doubt is probably like a better album, but like Jay changed a lot between Reasonable Doubt and even to Volume 3. Like his whole style, not his whole style, but his style changed mm-hmm. pretty significantly, I think. Um, and... Also, Volume 3 was the first CD I ever bought with my own. So I have a soft <laughs> spot in my heart for Volume 3. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so that's why I, they, those two always are, you know, battling for number three. But Blueprint and Black Album, I think, are his two strongest mm-hmm. albums from that original that original mm-hmm. run. So I just thought, like, you know, you'll get a better conversation out of me talking about one of those two albums. <laughs> and so far, we're proving it. But, like... Hell yeah. <laughs> So I, I guess I'll go. I'll start with my preconceived notions because you two are more the experts than I am, and you probably will. And also, like, end my preconceived notions with a question um, that will like kind of. And then we'll get into like um, your history of him and stuff like that. Um, so my preconceived notions of Jay Z, like, if someone says to me, "Hey, think of a rapper. Think of a rapper guy." Um, Jay Z will like pop up. He will. He'll be like the top five artists, even though I don't really know his work that well. I knew Jay Z primarily post retirements, um, in relation to his more totemic collaborators with Jay Z with uh, Beyonce and Kanye, like as well as a feature artist. Like nowadays, like old Jay Z, like old like Basquiat Jay Z will like do two features of year and they'll be awesome. Like that's what I know him from mostly. But yeah, primarily like Jay-Z showing up on college dropout to kind of like crown Kanye as like the new guy. Like, hey, like uh he, he I'll do a little verse here and then this is this is the guy, you know, like and I'll I'll show up at last call and like I'll like go do a little thing there. Like the idea that like Ye was the wild card, Jay was the steady hand, Jay was his businessman, Ye was the pulsating id. Uh, Yay would rewrite Twisted Fantasy 20 times and Jay would show up with like Sasquatch, ghouls, goblins and like kind of like more but like he was like I, I always see, seen him as like this like really effortlessly cool guy like Yay always like knew he was the best but he had this hunger to show you that he was the best and Jay just like knew he was the best and didn't like overexert himself like and then in terms of like Beyonce like Stanley's metaphor that like Jay right now is Kamala's husband. Just like we all know Kamala and then like Jay-Z's kind of just there now. Um, But at the same time, I knew all this. I had this preconceived notion in my head. And then everyone who I respected said, Jay-Z is the best rapper alive. He's the best one. Like no one even comes close. If you say otherwise, you are being silly. You're You're putting on a show. You're doing affect. And I believe I so I believed everyone who said that, but I didn't have any context. I never listened to the these albums before. Um, so the question is, is he the best rapper of all time? And then let's go into like your preconceived your like history of him and stuff. Jay is my goat. I do think he's the greatest of all time. Um for multiple reasons. Like one reason is just how prolific he was, you know, um, like when you think about when you think about, you know, the original two that people were like, oh, these are the greatest. Um, and, I, and, you know, like there's many 
there's many avenues of great because some people would be like Nas is the greatest or let's go rock him like East Coast rappers or some people, you know, uh, outcasts or these, you know, Southern rappers. So, you know, it, but if we're talking just like totality, mainstream, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I think it's Jay for sure. And his just how prolific he was like Biggie only put out two albums, um, for instance, Pac put out a lot of albums and we maybe remember two of them like fully like and, and, and you remember songs and hits but like there's a lot of Pac albums I ain't listening to <laughs> um, you know whereas like those original J albums and even after retirement like Blueprint 3 I love 444 is great Watch the Throne is a classic like you know like these are all still albums that Jay put out and was like yeah man like these are albums I got a few no skip albums mm. on here or you know few skip albums um so yeah he he is my goat you know for 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 the big reason you kind of mentioned it you said like a lot of people like he came on Kanye's album was like I'll pass you the crown right like that happened with a lot of rappers um, where he would have them for, like Drake was featured on Blueprint 3. J. Cole was featured on Blueprint 3. Kanye was featured on the Blueprint. I mean, he produced the Blueprint. Then he was featured on like the Blueprint 2 and like all these different. He was like, yeah, here you go. Lil Wayne, like all these different rappers who like Jay like came and blessed and said, nah, man, you're in this, you're in this, you're in this, you know, top of echelon now. Um, just kind of dictates that like so many people respect him as the GOAT. And then like also, look, Beyonce is Beyonce. Beyonce had a career before Jay, but let's not act like Beyonce's solo career didn't pop off when she was doing Me and My Girlfriend and Jay's first single, Crazy. And, uh, you know, like, like Jay has a hand, and I'm not saying Jay is the reason Beyonce is Beyonce, but, like, Jay has a hand in so many careers um, where he lent his talent, and you saw that talent, like, get catapulted to, like, the next level. Uh, I think that matters. And, like, when you talk about just his actual career as well um i can't think of another artist who has done that uh i can't i can't think of another artist who's done that who's also been good behind the mic himself um i love the whole i love the i love the i love the beyonce and like him being kamala's husband now <laughs> uh, or yeah lord you know like as i love that and i'm sure he doesn't give a shit either uh which i think is also really dope because uh, he's also grown. I mean, it's also dope to have seen, you know, here's the thing with hip hop, like our two, you know, a lot of the mainstream or a lot of the great rappers from the 80s and 90s kind of fell off after a while. Jay has been consistent. And the two that probably wouldn't have fallen off got murdered. Mm. Um, and then you got, you know, Snoop, obviously. But like Snoop is a whole different like artist altogether, you know. Um, you We haven't had a chance to see one artist evolve as an adult as much as we have with like Jay um, and change, you know, to go from big pimping to like, I'm sorry, it took me having a daughter to recognize, you know, like all these, <laughs> like we haven't yeah. had, we haven't had that often. You haven't had, you know, you haven't seen that as much as you have in other genres of music. 
Um, so in many ways, like Jay also, you know, has progressed hip hop in a way that like a, a lot of artists have not. I mean, when Jay came back with uh, Kingdom Come in 2006, the first single, Show Me What You Got, he was like, I got two months to get y'all shit together. <laughs> Good luck. Like, who can say that shit? And it actually was true. You know how many rappers fell off after Jay came back? A lot. the whole lean with me rock with that era stopped (laughs) it stopped like it was over it was over and then like the new era like the drakes the j coles and like the fucking lyricists came back like it was it was it's crazy and i'm not shitting on that era of hip-hop like it was fun it's great but like he said that and it's exactly what fucking happened like that's dope as shit to me that's dope as shit to me so i love it yeah there's man there's so much to unpack there like uh it's hip hop 50, right? This is the 50th anniversary yeah. of hip hop. And you're right. Like Jay is, Jay's the first artist to actually do the rock and roll thing where he was able to age in hip hop and yet still be the leader, you know, because it was such a young person sport. And then he was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to leave you some space for two years. And then people had <laughs> their chance to try to take the crown and everyone just sampled Jay. Like there was that era where, you know, I'm a hustler, I'm a, I'm a hustler, baby. Like yeah. it was just all <laughs> Jay samples in hip hop because it's just like, well, he's the guy. And then he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm still the guy and I'm going to come back and improve it to everybody. And then kind of let the other artists who were lyricists like the Jay Coles and, and the Drakes and eventually the Kendricks. And he would always bless them, right? Like it was always like, you got that Jay feature that meant that was actually, that was a cosign I needed. And it's funny how last year, maybe the best verse was Jay on DJ Khaled's album. I mean, there was so much hip hop last year. And then Jay decided to just drop a two minute bar and it shut down the conversation at age 50, whatever he is. And it made me think of when I first saw Jay. So in Canada, you know, y'all celebrate uh, your Independence Day, July 4th. Well, Canada Canada Day is July 1st. So July 1st, 2003, uh, at Harborfront Center, I saw 50 Cent and Jay-Z perform. So 50 was first. And this is Get Rich or Die Trying 50. Like this is... I also went to that tour. Uh, when it came to Chicago, just so okay, yes, yes, yes. So it's so this is peak of your powers, Fifty Cent, and Fifty put on a really good show. He changed outfits. He like interacted with the crowd. He did everything. He worked out like he he literally worked out on stage, and then Jay came on, and he steps on stage, no backdrop, no one else on stage, just Jay Z, and he literally just raised his hand like this. And everyone lost it. Like, everyone just went, ah, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then he went like that, and everybody stopped. And he did it again. And then everybody lost it, and then he stopped. And the way he controlled, because when you watch a Jay-Z show, he doesn't move. Like, he's a very lazy performer. Like, he rarely moves around too much. But he's just so cool and so good that you just feel every single thing that he does. So, for me, he's the GOAT. He He's just... He's just your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. I also think to that point, too, because, like, Jay has also changed a lot. Like, Jay used to be even worse a performer Um, because hip-hop was not Mm -hmm. a performing genre. 
you know, it was not the hip hop he was doing. Yes. Like it was just Mike on stay. All I need is one mic. You know, <laughs> like that's what that's what Jay was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, but he's also allowed other artists to influence him, which I think is also dope. Like mm-hmm. Jay didn't become yeah. a perform the performer that he was until Kanye got in his life. I think that's dope to let this dude who you brought under your wing to inform mm-hmm. the way that you perform. Or Jay has told the story about how DMX like did a show set before him. Right. Oh, and, a great like, story. and it made him, he was like, shit, I got to kick my shit up. Like I'm the headliner and this motherfucker is rocking my crowd. Like I, it's dope to hear like, which also is a sign of greatness that you let other greats influence you or the, when a uh, wonder motherfuckers Oasis said like, Oh, he shouldn't be he shouldn't be headlining <laughs> Glastonbury. Uh and he comes on stage without performing a single one of his tracks. He opens the show with a guitar and sings Wonderwall. Like that's and like has two hundred thousand people fucking going crazy. That's dope as fuck, man. That's dope. And, and so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great hitters. Lil Wayne. There's so many fantastic artists and this this the argument of GOAT can, you know could be just as tired as it is in basketball between LeBron and Jordan. But like I for me, I think all of those things together kind of dictate. And also he's done the battle rap shit. He's done it all like in hip hop. Whereas pretty it's pretty fucking dope to see he's still standing. And we'll probably get one more album out of him, you know? I don't I don't think so. I don't think we will. I, I think he's I think he's done. Yeah, because cause you know Jay Jay is a hustler. Like he's a for real hustler. I mean and we'll talk about this with the album, but the way he approached flooding the market, right? Like he flooded the market year after year with his music. Then he looked at what other hustlers were doing and said, you know what? I like that. I like that. I like this. I'll incorporate it, make it better, make it my own. That is a sign of someone who knows how to manipulate audiences and create product, right? And he created a product that was so strong. It's so funny listening to this album and him talking about becoming the 100 million man and he's literally a billionaire now. But that but that conversation of how do I flip my money and constantly flip it and flip it and flip it, that's Jay at, at, his, at his core. And I think that's why he survived so many of the eras because he not only is the best to do it, but he's also detached enough to say, yo, I can learn from a Kanye. I can learn from a Drake. And I can utilize those, you know, platforms to continue my relevance and all all that good stuff. So it's, it's awesome to study Jay-Z as a business person and uh, and as an artist. I'm not a businessman. I'm, I'm a, a business, business man. man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's great, man. It's great. So the blue the blueprint is is a very it's it is an interesting hip hop album because like for a few reasons. One, it came out right around 9/11. The day of, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the day right, exactly. The day of and as it was coming out, like the country, obviously we were, it, it was just a fucking wild time in our lives, in the world, in the country and everything like that. But in hip hop, back then there used to be a thing called The Source and you would get five mics, right? And if you get a five mic album, that means that album is a bona fide, bona fide classic and it will be. Uh, and, and, you know, one thing also with Jay-Z, he also has accolades, you know. Um, outside of the racist Grammys, but like he has <laughs> like the most number one albums outside of Elvis, I think. Um, like so, you we and this is also before the internet too. So like when the Blueprint dropped, 
it was like well known already like oh shit this is a five mic all right let's go let's fucking go like before you unwrap the rapper you knew like the source gate is five mics and he recorded it in such a short i think he recorded this album in like 48 hours or some shit yeah like just all the just all the like the 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 lore around this album before it dropped and it dropping on 9 11 right so when you finally heard it and then the introduction to of kanye like that we didn't know yet but like the introduction to like with just the takeover starting and he was like what you about to witness is my thoughts right or wrong just what i'm feeling at the time you just like god damn boy i mean and it just fucking hits like hit after hit beat after beat like every part because we had hcso that was a single and shit like that but like like it coming off the rulers back like starting that album uh, with just the way it started, the drum roll, the him just talking shit for a minute before he even starts rapping. <laughs> like, I'm just like, my God. So I'm a, I'm a freshman, I'm a sophomore in high school at this point. And I just remember listening to this album and understanding right then and there what it meant to listen to a no-skip album. Like, I didn't really know what that meant at the like, you know, we didn't have a language for that or or, or, and I was young enough where like I didn't really clock like, oh, I don't want to skip a single one of these. But I remember listening to that and just like saying, my God, like I can listen to every fucking track on this album and be okay. Like. Like. Even even like back in the day when CDs would have that long three minute pause after the long last song and then like two bonus tracks came on, like even that shit was just like, God damn, breathe easy. One, <laughs> one, and two, and two, and th- like just every part of the blueprint. And like we was all ta- we were all talking about it. We were all talking about it. This is also around like when Slim Shady is popping, uh, you know the 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 ether and the jay-z and nas beef is going off like so much was going on in hip-hop so listening to that in high school with and on the south side of chicago you know uh was just like oh shit like hip-hop went from this thing that was just always on in the lore and these older dudes like biggie and Pac and all this it went from that to like yo this is like my culture now like this is like the culture for me this is and also like this is the new wave like it finally felt like the new wave of culture we had left the 90s behind and we are firmly in the 2000s and this is my era now and this is our this is the album of our fucking era and like shit like that was it was and and then jay also just had the effortless to you know the effortlessness to him like you guys said and it's even though he was dropping out al- albums and he had like hits that was that's the crazy part because like up until this point we hadn't really had the opportunity to see hip hop artists like have major hits and not fall off cuz even like public enemy had major hits fell off like all them 80s rappers had major hits fell off uh dr dre major album fell off like and i'm not saying that like flippantly but like that's just it is what it was j tupac and biggie major hits 
dead. Um, like you have all these out, all these artists who have major hits, and Jay Z before the Blueprint had major hit, Big Pimpin', Hard Knock Life, fucking uh, Can I Get a all these, uh, I just uh, gushy gush all the all the shit, uh, uh, like he had major fucking hits. So at this point, you're just like, this feels like a time where Jay probably is gonna fall off, and he just comes with heat. <laughs> like in the middle of his career dope dope as shit i think that's what it was right like in hip-hop at that time there wasn't a lot of soul in hip-hop it felt like there was a i mean some of like like outcasts like they were kind of doing some of that soul stuff but i think i can picture jay and it's funny watching um fade to black his um documentary that went with the black album i could see jay going into the studio and hearing the like the cd of beats that that Kanye dropped and then hearing the Just Blaze and hearing Banks stuff and just being like, oh shit, like this is it. Like this is this is the sound that I'm going to use to bring hip hop into the 2000s because the 90s was so dominated by like that grimy East Coast sound, like that the Mob Deep, the Wu-Tang, like that that sound was so grimy. And then that West Coast like synths that you would hear with like the Dre stuff. And there wasn't a a space for something different until this album when Jay said, listen, we're going, not a lot of it, not a lot of it. Right. Like, but Jay was like, you know, I'm going to do this on the biggest scale and bring a sound that people are going to remember. And it's, and people are going to feel like this album, you feel this album way more than I remember listening to it now. Like I really feel a lot of these tracks. Like I, I got sh- like shivers listening to some of these songs that I didn't really understand, I think, when I was younger. Especially because I think Puff was the only one who was doing, like, kind of soul-ish shit. Like, he mm. would bring some of those samples in, P. Diddy. Uh, with, like, especially with Jig, uh, with uh, Biggie. Mm-hmm. Which is no coincidence that, like, Jay and Biggie are very connected. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at least in their early career. Um, so, yeah. Let's talk about themes of this record. Uh, let's talk about what this album is about. Um, my just like thing I wrote here was it's um, his journey. From, first of all, like the idea that like what you're about to witness are my thoughts, right or wrong. That's how I was just feeling at the time. So it's like kind of like almost puts like a disclaimer of like some of the datedness of it. Like, first of all, just like how advanced rap has got in the since this album, like um like uh, the rulers back is a reference to a uh, slick Rick song. And then the, the rhymes are very, it's an awesome song. I really love the horn sample, but the rhymes are very simple. It's like, my name's blah, 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 here to say it's like, it, there's kind of like a simplicity to it. And then this rulers back, there's like, you know, uh, leprechauns, X y'all law, just like internal rhymes, internal rhymes, internal rhymes, just like, and then rap has gotten even more advanced from there. Of just like now they're all going to therapy. Now they're all realizing that you know capitalism's bad. Blah 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 blah. All this stuff and like there's like and like you know he's dropping the f slur hundreds of times on this album. It's like you know and like his views on women are not as great. So it's like um, so there's that. Just like 2001. This is this is where I'm at. I mean yeah. I mean here's the thing with hip hop um, that all of that is definitely true. Um, and to a degree, there's still a hint of misogyny and all types of shit and in hip hop, it's depending on who you listen to. But like I, I and I say but lightly, I just say but as a true, you know, next word. part of the sentence. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like um, I never have a problem with the datedness of hip hop. 
because hip-hop inherently should be dated because hip-hop is supposed to be a reflection of your life in the moment at the time or, you know, you know, up until that point, right? So there is going to be a, like, I'll listen to some of Kendrick's early shit and listen, you know, as compared to now, I was like, this shit sounds like it's so different, you know? <laughs> like Mad City to... uh uh, Mr. Morale are like almost two completely different Kendricks. Mm-hmm. Still the same, but like to, you know, same with like 444. So like, I, and I think inherently that's what hip hop has to be, uh, which makes hip hop so beautiful. Like, you know, when Langston Hughes was, well, when Langston Hughes was writing poetry, um, sadly, some of it is still relevant to this day, but like there was differences in like what he was thinking and going through as opposed to what like a black poet would probably write today. Just, based on the times and i think that is that is relevant to the hip-hop like story and history and culture as well so um i never judge i i personally will never judge uh, an album like uh because of that yeah and i think what's interesting about that too is that we the listener change like the cd literally stays the same right it's like a a static hey this is what happened on september 11th right like the album came out it is what it is listening to it in 2023 with a 2023 perspective does impact how you listen to it right like so when i was when i was listening to that album in 2001 i, I was probably saying the f for along with it without even having any type of worry or connotation or or implication to it but now yeah. like as i'm wrapping along to this album today i was like i'm not saying that word yeah because because yeah. I, the listener, has has evolved. And so I think that's where the evolution in hip hop has happened is is the listener has, again, has grown up and we've had access to way more information and way more interaction. And also we've had artists who are saying, hey, we need to grow. And I'm sure Jay listened back to the blueprint. He'd be like, you know what? I would use a different slur now to, you know, diss Mob Deep than I did back then. You know what I mean? Like, Jay, Jay himself would know. You know what I mean? So, but you're right, though. Like, it is, yeah. He, I've seen him perform this song recently, um, and he doesn't, he doesn't use, he doesn't say the, like, the slur in, in it. So, like, you know, to that point, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Andrew. No, no, no. Um, I'll just like quickly go through the rest of my theme here is like, um, so there's that there's like the, the presence a moment. And then like, um, I, I wrote like from Scarface to Warren. This is like how Jay went from Scarface to Warren Buffett. Like the idea of like mm. selling, he was a Coke dealer selling, going from a Coke dealer to selling CDs, like going from like following the blueprint that this cruel and capitalist society has foisted upon, upon him, to sell drugs that destroy lives and communities. Um, and then the the end result is either you get shot or go to jail, which is like, people forget the end of Scarface. Like people want to emulate Scarface, but forget the end of Scarface as he like dies horribly and in a tacky man- mansion or whatever. And then like, um, but so like he writes this album to like give hustlers, you know, uh, the codes to navigate their current situation a little smarter, to lift their spirits, to, inspire them to maybe try music as a way to like lift themselves out of their situation. Um, and now he doesn't have to look at Scarface as the model. He could look at Warren Buffett at the same time, but at the same time, like more money, more problems where instead of people being happy that he succeeded, they want to tear him down. They are other artists want to take his crown critics bash him because they don't have the same context. 
Um, people from his life tried to plead his resources. Uh, but at the same time, he'll never change. At the same time, he's always the same guy he was from the starts. Um, so he'll never be Warren Buffett. He'll be a different thing. Yeah, it's funny to think about like like Jay, I mean, literally was going through legal shit in the late 90s. So that that beginning when he's like, it's just my thoughts. I think it's also a disclaimer being like, hey, uh, court, uh, <laughs> do not take this literally. Like, I'm just sharing my thoughts. These mm-hmm. just what's going through my head right now. I'm not claiming to do any of these things. But I also think that he was seeing... Hey, there's this there's real vacuum in hip hop, and he saw the growth of hip hop. Like, you know, post Biggie and Pac dying, hip hop was rising to become the most popular genre in the world. And he's kind of like saying, "Well, I'm going to be the guy. Like, if this if this product's going to sell the most, I'm going to be the number one dealer." Yeah. And so here is my blueprint for success. And if you try to emulate this blueprint, you're emulating me. And you have to, you owe me the money. Yeah. And if you try to challenge my crown, I will destroy, I will take over. And this is why he, I think he did the takeover the way he did it. Because who was the guy that was still alive in the East Coast that was as good as Jay? Arguably, it was Nas. And so he's like, let me destroy Nas. And then I have no competition left, right? Quote, so, unquote, destroy Nas, you know? <laughs> Yes, quote unquote. In his mind, yeah. Yeah. So so it's like he I'm on a I'm on a wavelength that takeover was better than Ether, but I a hundred percent agree a hundred percent agree. And then Super Ugly was so good that his mom was like, Jay, you gotta pull that shit back. Mm-hmm. So not not as, mm-hmm. I mean Ether is really Ether is amazing, but takeover Ether's great, but take, yeah. it's it's just takeover. Come on, takeover is a song. Takeover is a song. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's true, ether yeah. is a true. Ether is a diss. De- ether is a diss track, but takeover is a diss. Yes, and also a song. Like I can listen to takeover mm-hmm. and not think about Nas at all. Yes, uh, yes. Which is the ultimate insult because it's like you're so unimportant to this man's like to this man's artistry that he can make a song that stands without you. That is also dissing the fuck out of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's dope. I think that's dope. Uh, Jaquise, what do you think are some themes of this album? You know, for me, growing up on the South Side of Chicago, growing up in the quote unquote hood, um, you know, a lot of the themes of this album are hood joy, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, like the bravado of the hood and, and the joy that we get from that. Um, you know. Like, think about, like, you know, the homies playing basketball and, you know, there was always a good dude on the court. Right. And eventually, like this new cat comes. And after a while, he's like, you know what? I'm the king now. Right. That bravado. That's the ruler back. You know, the ruler's back. Uh, even it's just calling it the blueprint is audacious. Like I, I this album is the blueprint for our entire genre is wild (laughs) hey that's a wild concept uh but like as dope as shit for a 30 year old you know at that time uh i also think like uh, i also think a lot of this a, a big theme of this album for me was i'm talking to you right uh and and i know that sounds like very simple and weird but like like I can't see it coming down my eyes, so I gotta make this song cry. Like, I'm talking to you. Like, mm-hmm. or 
ain't no love in the heart of the city. Like, I'm talking to you. Like, ain't no love here. Like, what you shit don't make me, what you eat don't make me shit. <laughs> like, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of where a lot of hip-hop albums felt, like, very broad. And this one felt like it narrowed in, like, mm-hmm. in a way that I hadn't heard a hip-hop album narrow in to that point. Even Girls, Girls, Girls. Like, <laughs> yo, I'm talking to you. Like I'm talking to the I'm talking to the stewardess. I'm talking to the you know the I'm talking to the China, I'm talking to the Asian chick who bootlegged my albums. I'm talking to the chick that always fall asleep on me. I'm talking to the black girl who want the Reeboks. I'm talking to you, right? Um, even Renegade, like and having M on that, like it's a lot of like I'm narrowing this down and I'm making an album where like you can see the thoughts that you also have reflected back to you, which is why him starting the album saying, these are just my thoughts, just what Mm -hmm. I'm feeling at the time. Like, that's if somebody says that to you, that means they are sitting down talking to you in that moment, and when they get up, the conversation is over. Like, that's a dope fucking, that's a dope, uh, like, through through line of this album Mm -hmm. that always resonates with me. Whenever I listen to it again, it puts me right back like I feel like he's talking to me. It puts me right back either where I'm, it takes me back to where I was then or like to where I am right now. And just be like, yeah, man, ain't no love in the heart in the city. These hoes don't love me. <laughs> you get like all you get all these feelings, uh, which I think is really, really fucking cool. Um Kind of similar to a way like when M came out, like M felt like he was talking to like so many angry kids at the time. <laughs> like Jay felt like he was talking to like, you know, the kid that grew up in the hood or the dude who was living in the hood or the du- or the bravado or the dude who thought like, yeah, man, I'm on my way out uh, or I'm doing this or I am out, but I still got it in me. Like he felt like he was talking to us in a way that like, the album in totality had not talked to us to that point. Jaquise, one of the things I love about this podcast is I get these moments where in real time, I'm like re um, experiencing the album through whatever the person has said. So when you said that Jay is, is talking to us and it's like, he's sitting us down for a conversation. It completely changed like right now, how I feel about this album. Cause now it's like, yes, of course it's a conversation. And every conversation that you have with, with your, with your friends, it starts off like very kind of, you're talking shit to start, right? Like if you're gonna have a long mm-hmm. night, if a couple of drinks, you're talking shit, you would say something like the ruler's back or take over. Then you would talk about the things you've done superficially, you know, the Izzo, the girls, girls, girls. But then towards the end of it, right, you get to that point where you never change and your song cries mm-hmm. and your mama loves me, right? Right at the end, you're like, you know what? Yeah. We're having such a moment and my mama loves me. And right when that person gets up to leave, you turn to them and say, wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be- no, be- no, before you leave, talk that shit again. And it's like, okay, talk that shit again. breathe Live easy. exercise, breathe right? easy. Like, and it's so cool to think that Jay would have framed it. And I think because he recorded it in two days, it could have been literally just a conversation he was having. And just like, yo, all these tracks are coming to me right now in real time. Let me yeah. just, just express my thoughts and have that conversation through record. So I think like, yeah. man, now now this is starting to be my number one just wow. because of the conversation. <laughs> I, I love it's that framing. I think it's a really cool framing. Yeah, yeah. Two things to that point. Like the idea that, first of all, like, 
in that documentary you're talking about the fade to black album the one of the mm-hmm. iconic scenes was um kanye producing a track and saying yo this is a movie this is like a scene in a movie each song is a scene in a yeah. movie and then it starts off with the character being like braggadocious like yeah fuck you Nas, and all that stuff and like i'm back i'm pretty cool here's my anthem all i i sleep with a lot of girls like and like these made-up girls and stuff like that and then like um then you like have like as you talk to him, as you continue the conversation, he gets more and more vulnerable. He's like a guarded guy, but he gets mm-hmm. a little more vulnerable. And then when you dismount a conversation, you're kind of like, okay, let's talk about Captain America or something like that. Let's not, let's like yes. make a little, like, let's talk about a movie we saw that we both enjoyed and stuff like that. And I go, mm-hmm. oh, what about that girl mm-hmm. you're seeing or whatever? Like, it kind of like, yeah. where are you at yeah. your, your, your relationships? Like, yeah, you know, I... You know, I'm dating a lot of girls right now, but maybe one day I'd want to settle down. And then, like, he got to go. And that's, like, kind of, like, the vibe. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, one of the themes for the album is is family, which really pairs well with the idea of a conversation. Because I think he's really bringing his family even more to the forefront. And I think the next album is Rock La Familia. Or was that before that? I'm not sure. Maybe before. That, yeah. was, that was the next album. No, it was it was the next it one. It was the next one, right? Uh, but it was kind of like a it was kind of like a compilation album mm-hmm. where his next true album was the blueprint too. Yes. So so for him, like this idea of Rockefeller, right? Like him, Dame Dash, and Cream Biggs, like they created this this family where every artist wasn't just an artist. They, there was a real kind of brotherhood, sisterhood, a family that was there. And I think my my um, speculation is the reason why he retired was he knew the collapse of the family was happening. And he didn't want to have that happen during his every summer run. Yeah. So, so wow. he leaves and then the Rock, Rockefeller breaks up and he can, cut, he can come back as Jay. Just Jay. You know, but, but yeah. And my new family, like Beyonce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Kanye yeah. at the time. You and know, Kanye. Like the, yeah. Yeah. That's also funny that to kind of go back to like why I think Jay is the GOAT. In that three year pres- absence between the Black Album and Kingdom Come, he also ran Def Jam. <laughs> like, he, like he didn't just go away. He ran a major record label yeah. as the president of the fucking like, it's, it's insane. Like his his career, there is nobody. Somebody said this to me with about LeBron and and Jordan. Mm. Jo- LeBron, like pound for pound, top to bottom, is probably the best basketball player of all time, which is still debatable. Yes. But this was their take. Yeah, he's the best basketball player of all time. Whereas Michael Jordan has had the best career, it, uh, while also being like one of the best of all time so and that's what makes him the goat like he's had a better career so like mm-hmm. yeah there are people who probably lyrically are better than jay and yeah, like yeah. who have had like hot better albums not i i actually don't think that's the case for many people but like th- some people yeah maybe but like when you put all of it together i i don't see how anyone can say he's not the goat. <laughs> i just don't mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. his career dictates that he is the greatest of all time because nobody has done what he's done within this genre. And then, and the most good thing he ever did, the most good thing he ever did was really early on be loyal to Memphis Bleak, even though Bleak is a shitty rapper. And then on, <laughs> <laughs> and on Reasonable Doubt, yeah. he's kind of like, yo, Bleak, like you're good. Don't worry about what happens with rap. You're good. And he was always mm-hmm. one hit away. But Jay also was like, while he kept Bleak <laughs> right here, he's like, oh, Beanie, yes. Uh, Kanye, yes. Uh, J. Cole, yep. 
you know, he kept, he kept his ear to what was next and was able to bring those artists up while still being loyal to the people he's with from day one who were shitty, you know? Yeah. With all due respect to Bleak, Bleak was not good. No, Bleak is not great. At not all. Great. At all. So not great that so not great that Jay had to have an album, a song on Bleak's album. Yes, to say, Dear "Hey Summer. y'all, yeah. please listen to Bleak, <laughs> Dear Summer." Yeah, it was so sad. So funny. <laughs> it was so sad. Yeah, oh, that's why shit. we have you on. <laughs> like our show is like, "Hey guys, this is, this is just Andrew's all right." You know, like he's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not the Memphis week with this show. Come on, you're way better than that. You're at least Beanie no, Siegel. No. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> you, you be. You beans, baby. <laughs> oh, all, right, all, right. all right, that's all I need. You freeway, you freeway. Oh, yeah, okay. oh, uh, yeah. I like freeway. All right, freeway, so freeway had a track. Sorry. <laughs> so let's uh, take a quick break and get into highlights and lowlights. Right, this break, click. Just hearing, just even like, I mean, I guess I can, I, I can say this again, but like, even just hearing like little one-liners, like at the end of "You Don't Know," like I will not lose ever. Yeah. Fuckers. Like, like just even yes. little shit like that is just like is just so conversational in a way that like a lot of hip hop albums had not been and a lot of hip hop albums have not been. You know, maybe songs here and there, but just like top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Just like, God damn. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just it's a, it's he, so he said fun it. To he think. said in the beginning, I'm just talking to y'all. That's like he yeah. literally told us, I'm just talking to y'all. That's dope, yeah. man. That's dope. And we're back here talking about, we can probably keep a little bit of what was discussed a little before in, um, but, and we're back here talking about Jay-Z's The Blueprints. Um, let's start with Jaquise. What is a highlight song for you? One? Oh my goodness. <laughs> we, um, we can talk about whatever. It's fine, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, well, we were, this is what we were talking about during the break. Like, you don't know. Oh, is like all right so like takeover comes on it's amazing or the ruler back comes on is amazing takeover comes on we've heard it already it's the diss track that we've heard uh izzo is the single right girls 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 because at that point like in hip-hop like it almost was like two singles came out before like the album dropped so like Izzo came out and then like right as the album was dropping like girls 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 probably came out soon after right Jigga that nigga is whatever, but like you don't know when that song fucking dropped. And like I'm already in the middle of like this album is dope. And then just the beat, and you're just listening, just like the way oh. it fucking comes in. You're like, oh my God. And then he just goes and literally shreds that fucking beat to pieces. Lyrically, like the bravado, like you felt every bit of it dude it was such a good to this day there are like four there are like four or five like top lines of hip-hop history for me as a personal it's all opinion based and two of them belong to jay and one of them is on this is like i sell ice in the winter I sell fire in hell. I am a hustler, baby. I sell water to a well. Like, you know when you see black people all together and they all disperse? Uh, like, after some dope, that was that. We were just like, oh, my God. Like, everybody just lost their shit. Like, that is one of those. Just like, oh, my God, dude. It, it is, you don't know, is probably my favorite track on this album. And then... It's so good, man. Heart of the City also just does something to me, man. Heart of the City is kind of heartbreaking. Like, and and 
And and I know it's not about Chicago, but it feels like it's about Chicago. Just like I'm sure to somebody who's listening to it who grew up in the hood in New York probably feels like it's about Brooklyn or the Bronx or somebody who grew up in like Houston. Like, damn, this feels like Houston or this feels like Atlanta. It's just like something so particular about that song that resonates with the city, the black experience growing up in major, or just a black experience in general, but growing up in a major city or growing up in the quote hood or growing up in some of these areas, uh, or in his mind, like also like being in the industry, like the city can be the industry. Ain't no love in the heart of the city. (laughs) Like it's just, it, it was like, damn, there are haters out there. Uh, and ain't no love. And so I got to fucking move accordingly. Right. Um, I hadn't understood what that meant until I listened to Heart of the City. So I love Heart of the City. Song Cry is goddamn beautiful. I just love Song Cry. Like, I was just fucking them girls. I was going to get right back. Like, like, it's such an amazing track, dude. Like, you don't just pick up and leave me sick like that. Like, yes, it's misogynist and, like, bullshit. But it's just also, like, you almost on this nigga side, like, listening to, like, him talking about cheating on his girl. And how it was just like, yeah, man, I did some shit, but you was always supposed to be my girl. Like, you kind of understand it, right? He makes you understand it. And he says, like, yeah, I'm not going to cry, but I'm going to make you feel what I'm feeling, though. Like, and then Renegade. Renegade is goaded. <laughs> hey, Renegade is goaded. I reject the notion that Eminem killed him on his own track. Ooh. Eminem was fantastic. But no, I, Eminem was great. I just don't like that people was people were acting like Jay also didn't have two good like verses. Like the whole all four verses were great. <laughs> like, yeah, Eminem's verses are top tier. It's one of the best features of all time. But like we let's not act like Jay didn't hold his own weight on that song as well. Like Renegade is goaded. So those are my highlights of the album. Oh, okay. There, there's a lot to discuss. <laughs> like, there, you threw a lot of information. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Uh, where do you want to, like, Stanley, where do you want to start with, like, the the ones talked we talked about? Yeah. It's just a, a funny story with that song, Cry Lion, because I, I had a, a friend in university where I literally heard him use that line in real life. Really? Yeah, he, he, was, he was talking to his girl, like, and he said, he literally said, I was just fucking them girls. I was going to get right back. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it's a song, right? Like, it's not meant to be used right. in real life. But it was wild to see that. Um, uh, Heart of the City, uh, it's just, it's so good. One of the reasons why it's so good is because it, for me, it's it comes right after my only low light. Um, Ola Ovito, for me, kind of didn't age too well. And it's like you go, yeah, oh, nah, you know what I mean? Same. And you go, you don't know, which is just top tier, like, hip-hop of all time. And then Olavito is just like, oh. And then Heart of the City comes in. You're like, oh, I'm right back. And now we're having a real conversation. Yeah. We're not we're not yeah. braggadocious anymore. We're actually talking about what's the Black experience like. What is it like to be in the industry and seeing that there are so many barriers for artists like Jay. And having that soul sample, like, hit you right in your heart mm. it's it's just a perfect transition into the second half of the album that just then carries that soul carries that emotion um so i i for me heart of the city is is top two on this album maybe top three i mean yeah. there's so many good songs That's and right. then just quickly like you don't know this is a song that i like i 
to this day, I'm at work. Yesterday, I was at work listening to this album, and I couldn't help but like do this. Like I'm nodding yeah. my head, like, <laughs> like, like you know, yeah. do, like I'm, re- I'm reviewing resumes for a job that I posted, and I'm just like doing this. You don't know, right? Like I just like I'm from the streets with a like sincerely, Stanley Philippe. You know, like it's just like it's just so stupid, but the beat is so stupid. It's just so good. It's perfect. So yeah, those yeah. Uh, I want to talk briefly about you don't know. Like, I love that it's like, first of all, it's just so easy and confident with the flow. Um, it reminds me of like J. Cole's like 95 South. Like he kind of bites this song a little bit. Mm. Um, but then also like, I like that the song is more than just bragging. It, this song is like, it. the context of the song is like, you have to remember that this is a guy who made it out of the mud with the system rigged against him. And all like you're like the system, like cut your arms and legs off. And then he's still sitting next to Warren Buffett, like the guy who had way more handicaps than him. And thereby, like the song, like the water to the well line, the fire to hell line is like, put me anywhere and I'll succeed. Like you could like do me anywhere on God's green earth. I'll triple my worth. (laughs) It's so good. It's like, you have to like consider the racial and political like qualities Mm -hmm. of the song beyond just like superficial, like, oh, he's just bragging. He's just like all that stuff. So, well, can I just say about, about that? Because you're, you're right. Like Jay has never changed and every album Jay gives codes right? He's, he's telling you how to do it. I'll show you how to do this, son. Right? Like, like that's, yes. what, that's what Jay is about, right? He's about empowerment. And he's about like, maximizing whatever situation you're in, to put yourself in the better position possible. And then to not repeat the mistakes that people ahead of you have made. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like Jay, like Jay tells you all the time, like, you know, uh, I didn't sell cracks to tell you to do it too. Right. And like, no, Jay did that. So hopefully you didn't have to go through that. Right. Like he, he's trying to give you right. These examples of ways of manipulating systems that are clearly designed to not favor you. And in this song, he's kind of like, he's bragging about it, but he's also uh, motivating people to do it too. Right. So, yeah. so I think that's what makes it even harder is that sometimes with, with tracks that hit so good, it's just about talking shit. But he's talking some real shit through that too, and you and he knows you're going to replay this track over and over and over again, and so you're, hopefully you'll get those codes when you listen to it over and over and over again. I think also to that point, like I'm so happy an album like this came out when it did for me at least, right? Because and I don't know how old you are, Stanley, but like I know Andrew, you just you recently come into this album. Uh, you're also of of a younger generation than I am, at least, uh, where, like, we used to live with albums a lot longer than mm-hmm. we do now. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, and we also had the pamphlet, the booklet, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, when this album came out in 2001, you know, this is before iTunes, this is before you, this is before you can go rip singles and shit, too, you know, like... Huh? You sat with this album, right? <laughs> you sat with this album for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, like, I remember when I first, like, like songs like Heart of the City, uh, 
mean more to me now than it did when I first listened to it, you know, or uh, Hola, Hola, Ovito is, I also agree. Like though, though, that's another one. I, I, if I'm not in the mood for it, I'll skip. If I'm in the mood for it, I'll listen to it. If I'm not, I'll skip it. Uh, that and Mama Loves Me are the only two because they're so slow. And Hola, Ovito is just kind of like whatever. Um, it almost feels out of place <laughs> um, as opposed to the whole album. But, and I love Timbaland. Timbaland's great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Timbaland's great. But yeah, like I think, you know, listening to this album over and over and over and hearing the words and everything like that, like I'm happy this album came out in the era and, uh, era that it did within mm-hmm. our music listening just as a society. Uh, because it is an album that needs to be listened to more than once, I think. Like to really mm-hmm. appreciate like is the gravity and the gravitas of it as well. Yeah, like this album, like reward, like Jay Z's style isn't like showy necessarily. It kind of reveals itself to be great. Like the like in Izzo, I thought it was a very simple song, but like some of the rhyme schemes, like the long arm of the law, <laughs> like just like the way he mm-hmm. elongates the and like kind of manipulates the language there. It's like oh, that's awesome. And then like the third verse, it like he hits you with like all this truth of just like um, you know how to like succeed in the world and stuff. Can I also say? Another reason why this album is classic is because, maybe you remember this, Stanley, when Aisha Day Izzo was the lead single off this album. And when that video came out, that was the first time we saw Beyonce in a Jay-Z mm-hmm. video. And everybody was like, hmm. <laughs> everybody was like, hmm. Did you see Je- Did you see Beyonce in that? Why was she like? She felt out of place in that video, right? And then two years later, me and my girlfriend, and like, cause uh, you know, the beginning of their relationship was very. The first four or five years of their relationship was like, are they together or are they not together? And today was like, yeah, we together. Yeah. But like, Blueprint is also the album where Jay and Beyonce started connecting. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a lot of iconic, like iconicness coming from this album. And Jay's life as well. Yeah, I, f- I forgot about that. You're right. Like, yeah, Beyonce. Man, yeah. And now you think about it, like, like Beyonce was born where their relationship came out of this. Like Kanye's production really blew up because of this. Mm-hmm. And then just the factory, the, the Just Blaze, Yay, Bink, you know, M produced on this too. And I think that's why M... Yeah, and produce Re- Renegade. Yeah, and so Renegade is uh, obviously a highlight for me. It's it's such an amazing like the, the chemistry between these two, and these two at the time were probably the best rappers uh, in that that era, right in that space. And the reason why M wins that that record is because he produced it, right? So I think he had this unfair advantage. It's kind of like Run This Town with with Kanye, like. I mean, he produced it. He sat with it. He really lived with it way more. Whereas Jay, I'm sure, came in the studio. was like, yo, M, what's going on? What do you got? Oh, this is sick. Yeah, awesome. Let's do this. But M probably was just like, I got a beat for Jay. I'm going to write the shit out of my lyrics. I got to make sure, like, I, because it's on the blueprint, that I got I have to stand up. And it's the only mm-hmm. feature on the, the album. The only feature on that album. Yeah. Which I think is another reason why it stands out. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the only feature on that album. Uh, which is so dope. And, and again, another instance of Jay saying like, oh, you're up next and I'm going to yes. give you this blessing. I'm going to give yes. you this blessing and make you white man. I'm going to make you white boy the only feature on my on the blueprint, on the blueprint. of hip hop. <laughs> like, that's that's a big fucking deal that, mm-hmm. you know, and Jay is smart enough where, you know, he thinks about shit like that. 
for sure. You know he thinks about shit like that. You know, that that 100%. wasn't an oversight. That's not an oversight. Another reason why Jay is a goat is he doesn't write. Um, you know, just his... It's so wild. I love, like, this in terms of, like, seeing the two different styles of how to write a song, how to kill a verse. Like, uh, the, mm-hmm. the way that, like, Jay-Z doesn't hear Eminem's verse and go, oh, no, lyrical, spiritual miracle. Like, he doesn't, like, uh, like try to, like, terraform himself around, like, uh, like around that song, like, his verse. He, he just, like, does his thing excellent. Like, I does... I do feel like he is pushed to be more excellent than usual. Like, I think this is a really, mm-hmm. I think this is his best. Ver- these are his best verses on the album. Just like verses, like um, mm-hmm. where he's like the other songs. I'm like, oh, I-, I wrote this in a day. This is pretty cool. Like, and then this is like, oh shit, I got to show up. <laughs> and like, I got to like, but I like that, like the two different styles and like they, I would really love a tape of them both together. Like, I really mm-hmm. wish like that their chemistry is just so fantastic. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been cool to hear. I mean, like, M, this is, I think Marshall Mathers dropped in 2001, I think. It maybe did. 2002. Um, in 2001 was the one where The Way I Am is. Yeah. On. Marshall Mathers. Yeah. So that for Marshall me is. Marshall Mathers. Yeah. That's Eminem at his superpower. And, and again, like, yeah, this is probably, I think, his best beat ever. So to yeah. have it on a, on a Jay Z album is 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 phenomenal. I also really love um, "Never Change." For me, that's it's, "Never Change" is great. As an adult, as as a as a grown adult, I I really love the idea of vulnerability in music. Like that's where like I like to live, and this is Jay allowing himself to be vulnerable to almost cry on the song before song cry. You know, which is kind of cool, and and that that sample is really really amazing, and and he storytells better than any rapper. I think that's what he was like. Biggie was the best storyteller, and then Jay probably took that from Big, and obviously made it you know throughout his career a staple. But he is such an amazing storyteller because he's really painting a picture that for a lot of people don't understand. Like a lot of people didn't grow up in the quote unquote hood. And right, so so for for Jay to make this music so relatable to a mass audience, it comes down to storytelling. And storytelling at its finest is emotional intelligence and emotional activity. And he activates emotions better than any rapper uh, up to that point. So so I love I love the when like that gives me that song gives me chills literally every time I hear it now because it is like this mature. There's a maturity beyond his years that he expresses on this album, on this, on this, on this song. I'm watching a movie. I'm watching a scene in a movie right now. It's like, um, knee deep in Coke. We key deep in ice. We flood streets with dope. We keep weed to smoke. Like that's like, so like cool. And like the, he's also like, you know, like, uh, when you go to, like Jimmy John's and like warm, you see like in the bathroom, like Warren Buffett's like 10 rules <laughs> to like succeed or whatever. Like, it's also like, it's you, there's also like that the codes are in here too. I, I love <laughs> the line, um, plead the fifth when it comes to the fam. I'm like a dog. I never speak, but I understand. But I understand. And, and that's, that's just Jay, man. That's just Jay every day. Yeah. Like, like and that's my dog. Like my my dog. Like I I feel like he she understands us even though she doesn't say the words. So it hits on a, on a different level now too. But but just that idea of like being able to 
see things and not always have to verbalize it and vocalize it, but have full comprehension of everything that's happening. And, and Jay, 2023 Jay is that, right? Like you don't really see him much unless he's with Beyonce, but he definitely has a pulse on the culture. Oh yeah. And he definitely has his foot on the culture, right? Like he's still the guy. Like, like the reason why I think we'll get one more Jay album, even though you, you uh, personally, one, like, first of all, they both are now in the school of just dropping albums uh, with no fanfare. We kind of almost did get a J album. We uh, kind of did get a J album recently. The whole J, last J, J Electronica, Electronica album was basically a Jay-Z album. <laughs> um, yeah. Almost. It felt like it. Um, that guy sure loves Farrakhan. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> um, Hey man, yeah, yeah. But you know, Jay, Jay, Jay's also a black man from a different era. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised to hear any of my fifty-plus-year-old uncles also still fucked with some of the shit Farrakhan was saying. We gotta, we gotta understand. We gotta, we gotta understand that as a culture today, and stop. And we can't always. We we can't fully forget where some of these people come from. Mm. Um, yeah. In in relation to where we are in today's mm-hmm. society, um, and that's that. Uh, so, sorry to interrupt, like no, really no, quickly. Yeah. I, I think that's a theme of this album. Like, yeah. ne- like rem- never change. Like, this is where I come from. Like, this you gotta like. T- I'll give you like, I'm different from Warren Buffett. Like, the, this is because this is where I come from, and like this is the context. And then, which is why, like, when he's like. You talk about suddenly you talk about his emotional intelligence, but like in Song Cry, he's like, Why is she leaving? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what did I do? I only cheat on her all the time. Like, I think in some aspects he's lacking some emotional intelligence. Like he doesn't and he doesn't know how to express himself beyond making the song cry. No, but he does but he does. But it's exactly it, right? He does. And the fact that he knows that he cannot be vulnerable, right? Like and so instead of him being the one that says, Yeah, I fucked up, I'm gonna let the song do it. Right. And we he he almost gives the, the listener too much credit with that track. Cause he's kind of saying like, yeah, I was just fucking them girls. I was gonna get right back. You can't turn a bad girl good, but once a good girl goes bad, she's gone forever. She's gone forever. And then you have to mourn the fact that you made her do that, right? Like, it's on you. And so most people in 2023 would say, well, I did that to that person. I'm going to go to my therapist and cry. But instead, Mm. in 2001, Mm. he says, I'm going to make the song cry. So that intelligence is is still there. It's like it's. I mean, it's like when he's sitting a black album. He's gonna dumb it down to his audience, right? So there may be maybe a dumbing down or maybe a dumbing up, where he's just like, you know what? I'm going to let this song do the thing that I want to do, and then put on all this kind of like, oh, I'm not really guilty, although I am type of shit. But ultimately, he's saying I messed up. This is my one opportunity, and then he did it with Beyonce and tried it out. And I was like, fuck, I could have lost Beyonce. You know what I mean? So, yeah, anyways, go ahead, Jaquise. That's uh, the reason I love that song so much is I do think it's actually a very emotionally intelligent song. I think it is emotionally intelligent in a way of indicative of like where a lot of hip hop artists and a lot of like uh, the culture was at that point where he like the whole first two verses are him telling you all the reasons why he shouldn't have fucked mm-hmm. up. 
Like we've been together since free lunch, you know what I'm saying? Since four, and now we having four seasons brunch. Like you know, like we you literally grew with me, right? And mm-hmm. and the fact that you grew with me, the fact that like you like you loved me, you came up with me, you did all. I, you was with me when I had bad credit, and now I'm on, and I put you in. Like we're on together, and me just fucking a girl is gonna make you leave damn b like i was gonna come right back but also damn i did fuck up because i knew this could happen like it's it's he's he's saying it all right he's saying it fucking all and it it is it's it's and then also uh have you seen like mary j blige sing this with him live like just the the poster the poster girl for like this man broke my heart (laughs) and like jay-z with this song together is so goddamn beautiful um like, I think Sound I cries. cried. I think I cried when I heard it live in Toronto that Mary J. Jay Z tour when he did this, and yeah. when Mary J. sang it, it was just like, "Holy fuck!" Like I'm having chills now. Just thinking about yeah. it, like because you're right. Like she is a poster child for what does it sound like when you put your whole emotion into someone and then they fuck you. That's Mary J. And God, That's Mary J. when Blige. she did that, it was yeah, unreal, unreal. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Let's go into like we gotta like uh, wrap up in a little bit, but like let's go into low lights. Um, does anyone have any low lights? Hola Ovito. Like- yeah, Hola Ovito is probably the worst song on the track on the album. Um, it, it yeah, it's the worst song on the album. Um, I will skip it most of the time unless I'm just like, oh whatever, I can spare these three minutes. Um, yeah. I did like it when I first heard it, you know, mm-hmm. but like, as I've gotten older, it doesn't fit with the album. Uh, Jigga That Nigga, I also can skip sometimes. Um, it's still a good song. Um, you know, it's still got good lyrics and shit like that, but like, uh, it's another, like those two songs feel out of place. Mama Loves Me does not feel out of place. Mama Loves Me is a great song for this album. Um, it's just like, if I'm just not in the mood for a slow track, then I'll skip that one too. Um, so those are the only skips on the album for me as an adult now, two of them because like they aren't as great as the rest of the album and mama loves me is very good, but you know, depending on what I'm listening, I listen, I shuffle a lot, you know, Mm. I shuffle a lot. Mm So if I'm listening to a whole album, I'll listen to the whole album, but if I'm shuffling and a song pops up and I'm in the mood to like fucking bounce in my car or just kind of be upbeat, then I got to go to the next one. If Mama Loves Me comes on, That's yeah, fair. yeah, like all those songs you're talking about, like I accept like the 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 last song. It's like it feels like the difference between those songs, like especially the Bink, Yay, and uh, Just Blaze songs. Like the other songs are like. Those are cool songs, mm-hmm. cool songs, cool rapping, awesome. And mm-hmm. then the other songs are like, this is a scene from a movie. This is this is helps build the case of Jay being the greatest. And then the the other song is like, this is the ninth song I wrote today. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's like you know, it's like that's kind of like my vibe a little bit. I think it's like you know, I guess it's good because it's human, but I just like I'm like not as interested of like. 
I'm I'm always a little disappointed. Like, oh, it's a little beneath, that line is a little beneath you. Like, I like this emotional state is a little beneath you. Like, that's why that's my mild complaint with Takeover. I, even though it's pretty awesome, uh, girls, girls, girls. Like, it's I love that beat so much, but like the punchlines are just so like, come on, Jay, you're better than this a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's that's really yeah, that's really my low lights. Girls, so, girls, yeah. girls is amazing i love that track so much it is i had never i had never heard a, you had you hadn't heard many songs like that uh at that point you got this song did this this came out 22 years ago now which is so crazy <laughs> um but at that point you you had got big pimp and spending cheese and then like this song is still very like yeah i'm fucking i'm fucking girls but it was just kind of like a you you remember the 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 DMX like see there was Tina Lisa yeah. Mona Ramona <laughs> about three Kims like it was kind of like that almost where like it was like damn it is a lot of type of girls out there right like, <laughs> like that's why I love this track that this track this track is me. like a like a stand up um kind of hour right like if Jay was like like yeah. Russell like what's his name like Russell Peters like just Russell like Peters, going, yes. going through all the races like we gotta talk about Chinese people <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yes and then to that two thousand and one right like and I just want to quickly mention like the production because you're right like the the track masters did the the Jigga track and it was it's such a two thousand one track masters sound whereas Bink stuff. Yay stuff, just play stuff. You put that in 2023 and it still hits. And it's why Motown is Motown, right? Because Motown is the heart of soul music. Well, in many ways, the heart of soul music. And you hear it now and it still hits you. And when you hear that, anything that Bink does, anything that Yay does, that just plays does on this album, it always hits you in a sweet spot. Um, I think, Mm -hmm. and we mentioned this already, but like Jay's, homophobicness in 2001 which was at the time acceptable or or common through music it was it was a lot to hear it now you're just like oh shit like it kind of like it hits you like oh that's that's the language that was utilized back then and 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 it's great that we don't utilize that language now and again i don't think jay used it to be homophobic i think he used it to be to place his competitors and say, hey, I am the top dog. I am the alpha, and you are going to bow to me. And so I think that that kind of hearing some of those lyrics was a bit hard to listen to it through a 2023 lens. But now we're just nitpicking at, you know, what is arguably a, a perfect album, um, because it is arguably a perfect album. So those are my only lowlights. Uh, let's uh, go through final thoughts and ratings. The way this works is we'll rate this album out of 10. A fun metric at the end. Um, yeah, to build off of Stanley's metaphor, yeah, this is the blueprint. And this is the blueprint that they built hip-hop on. Like, the how the now we're in 2023, we're looking at the house that, you know, the mansion that, like, you know, has housed culture now and like yes there are flaws like it's also built on some flaws and some like oh like that's still persisting today um but it's it's really cool it's like um like based on this album alone i would not put him in the goat category like based if it's if it's just this album alone um like i think like 
even just like Common is a better rapper like than him. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh I like that. That take. is <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what a take. What a I take. Know. But it's just like compared to like just this wow. limited context. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, Jay-Z literally said, Jay-Z said, truthfully, I want to rhyme like common sense. Common sense. But I mean, five mil, I had me rhyme like common sense. I ain't sense, been rapping so. like common sense. Yeah. And that line alone makes him better than anything common yeah. ever put out <laughs> in his entire oh, career. Come on. <laughs> in his sorry, entire Andrew. career. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I love go ahead, common. Andrew. Look, common is my Chicago brother. I love common. I love common. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, it's like, it feels a little too, like, based on the blueprint, it feels, some of it feels a little rudimentary. Some of it feels like, Oh, but like, you know, th- there I see other artists in the future who do like what he did way more interestingly and stuff like that. Um, but I have to give I, I got to give respect. I got to give my props and like I got to give like, um, you know, just like homage to like how like you can't just like disrespect like an OG like or like an like the person who created the framework and stuff like that. So. I'm going to give it uh, eight long arms of the law. <laughs> Still makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a one. This is, this is a, a almost perfect album. And it allows us to really say like, Hey, he passed big because before that he didn't have enough. I don't think enough volume, but once he had this album plus everything before that and everything since it made, you know, Jay-Z, the GOAT, the guy that everybody wants to be like, everybody wants to rap like, everybody wants to, you know, hang out with. So I, I'm going to give this 9.75 as Nas, he don't want it with Hove. No! Out of 10. <laughs> I am I am of the mindset that I think Jay-Z is lyrically also one of the top five rappers of all time. Maybe not the best, but I think he's still top five lyrically. I think uh, the way he puts, you know, you got to also remember he doesn't write. Um, mm. And the way he puts a song together, just like feeling the music is unlike most rappers do. And not, you know, That's process so cool. is process. But like, you know, he literally makes all his songs just out of feeling, feeling the record and like saying, all right, what am I feeling in, on this track? And like he makes hits like that, which is crazy. <laughs> You know, he makes hits like that. Like, that's that's wild, you know. Um, and I think this album is the epitome of, of that. You know, he, he had, you know, Jay-Z could have not put this album out and Jay-Z would still be considered one of the top 20 rappers of all time. Uh, maybe even top 15. He could have stopped before the Blueprint and he would have been considered like top 15 all time still um the fact that like he put this album out put him at the top of the echelon and the fact that his career kept going and in many ways the second half of his career is more interesting and 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 um than the first half of his career which is even wild to say um it all starts with like the blueprint um yeah it's a perfect album for me like almost as well uh, top to bottom, it's a beautiful album, production, lyrics, songs, bops, introspection. Um, it, it has it all. I, 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 I faithfully cannot give a pun to this album for its rating because I have to give it, I have to give it what it earned. 
which is it is five mics. It is mm. five mics. Ooh. Like and and That's it good. is nothing else but it is a five mic album. That's what the blueprint mm. is. So yeah, thank you so much, Shakis. That Hell was so yeah. fun. Thank you for staying a little over. Uh, I appreciate oh, it so it's much. All good. I don't have a job, man. We on strike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what what can you plug that like you know you're able to plug? Yeah. Uh, shit. Yeah, I can't plug any of the TV shows or anything like that. Uh, I will say you know some dope stuff coming out, some movies. That, uh, man, you know that'll be coming out when I can plug them. I I will. Uh, the only thing I can plug right now, I think, is. Uh, I will be on Celebrity Family Feud. Um, I think the episode, I don't know when this is coming out, but the episode dropped August 27th. So if this is after that date, um, it's on Hulu. So go check that out. You know, go check out me with Steve Harvey. Um, and, (laughs) you know, it was a really fun, fun ass time uh on on the feud and you know which was did also you, funny did you introduce steve to jason mraz <laughs> i wish man i wish me and me and steve did have a nice little fun back and forth though so that was fun uh oh. it was a good time it was a good ass time to be on there and like the fact that it was the celebrity one means like you know it's a little more raunchy we can we can you know have a look we can be a little bit more loose than like if it was just regular old families you know uh, which in turn has me saying, if you're ever in LA, you want to come check out a show, come check out Comedian Feud, which is LA's version of Celebrity Family Feud, um, with top celebrities and shit, you know, like we're about to have Jermaine Fowler, Steph Toloff, we got a lot of dope ass people coming up soon, so depending on what month you're here, there's likely a few going to be happening, and uh, come see some celebrities live at the Elysian Theater. Hell yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. And also like you, uh, do the earwolf presents things. Oh like, yeah. 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 That- I forget about that. Um, <laughs> I also do that too. Um, I truly always forget that cause I, I really don't do anything. Um, I just intro and introduce the, like whatever the podcast is of the month. Um, which is a format of something that I introduced to Earwolf when I used to do Black Voices Friday. So I, I do appreciate them for asking me to host it since that is the format that they are following with this. Uh, but there's a lot of really dope podcasts that are popping off on Earwolf Presents each month. Uh, a, little, a lot of mini series, a lot of one offs. Uh, so go check them out. And then, you know, if you love them and a lot of listeners listen to some of those podcasts, then hopefully they can, you know, be ordered to a full series. And also you may hear something of mine pop up on there too. Uh, so keep an ear out. Keep an ear out uh, on the Earwolf Presents feed and uh, see what's popping over there. The cast with Ray and Jaquise, uh, over at HeadGum. The, oh, man. Uh, Culture Kings, check out old episodes of that. Old That's episodes, cool. yes, sir. <laughs> yes. Old, old episodes. Uh, <laughs> uh so yeah like uh you can follow me at andrew ambrose lee on instagram and tiktok no instagram you can follow stanley at snap Sten on instagram uh you can follow the show at ibmtltt on instagram tiktok and facebook you could uh give us a rating on apple Podcasts, spotify send us an email at i've been mean to listen to that gmail.com and uh, Jaquise, what would you like to play us out with? This has been wonderful. We talked a lot of Jay-Z today. 
So I'm going to play you off with some disco sound by Jason Mraz. <laughs> <laughs> let's completely change the vibe up, baby. Uh, let's talk about sex and drugs. Disco son, Jason Mraz. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Click. Your solar systematics Got it how we all grow The direction of the light show Music has it That same magnetic lasso That draws us to the window